0: The Gospel lesson is from Matthew, chapter 5, 13 to 20, salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Fulfillment fulfillment of the law. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The word of God for the people of God.
1: I was listening to Dennis and Katie. Thank you so much, Dennis, for the ministry of music today. Thank you. And um, immediately this text came to my mind. So if you'll please turn in your pew Bibles to Psalm 92, verse 14. Psalm. I'm so sorry. It's on page. um, I should have told you the page. It's on page uh, 932. I want you to look at Psalm 92, uh, verses 14 and 15. And uh, um, for those of you who do not know, um, on a Tuesday when the intercessory prayer team meets um, Crystal Clear, who has said she is the oldest person present in the sanctuary today, she's there. On Wednesdays, when the Bible study class meets. Crystal clear who has declared to us today that she is the oldest person in the sanctuary is there. I want you to look at Psalm 92 verses 14 and 15 and I'm especially talking to those individuals who believe because of your age there's really nothing more that you can do for the Lord except wait. Maybe until he calls you home. For those of you who think there's nothing more for you to do except to now decide how you're going to live because after all, many years ago you did so much for the church and for the Lord, now there's nothing more for you to do except to wait while you watch your favorite TV show, while while you watch your favorite newscaster. I want us to read Psalm 92, verse 14. I believe in the word of God. So what does the word of God say about people who consider themselves to be old? Let's read it together. They will still bear fruit I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, you are still called to witness to the fact that the Lord is upright, that he is your rock, and there is no wickedness in him. I don't care how old you are, there is a need for someone to hear your voice. There is a need for someone to hear from you, because they know you, that you trust in the Lord because he is your rock. So the next time someone says to you, well, you know, I'm old. <laughs> Remind them of what Psalm 92 verse 14 and 15 state. No, that was not a part of my sermon. I just, it just came to me as I was listening to this song that said, I, I'm his hands. I'm his feet. There's no expiration date. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one. <laughs> when you transfer your church membership From Evangel Heights United Methodist Church to the church triumphant, right? There's no expiration date when it comes to our sharing the goodness of the Lord. Okay, pastor, let's begin, pastor. Focus, pastor. I am focused. (laughs) I am focused because, you see, unless we understand fully who we are and what we're called to be and do... We'll drink the Kool-Aid of society that says, now when you reach 65, just relax and do your own thing. You work very hard. Now go play. I haven't read that in God's Word. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus uses the metaphors of salt and light to describe us his disciples. Okay, I'm back on script today. This is the sermon. And the title of the sermon is, You Are. Can you repeat that after me? You are. You are. Okay, so listen to the gospel lesson that Cindy read. Thank you, Cindy, Um, as rendered by Eugene Peterson's The Message. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and we'll end up on the garbage. Here's another way to put it. I'm just so excited about this text as I think about us. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine! It's an exclamation point here. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, the generous Father in heaven. And then reading verses um, 17 through 20. Don't suppose for a minute that I have come to demolish the scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish but to complete. I'm going to put it all together, pull it all together in a vast panorama. God's law is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and earth wears out, God's law will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's law, and you will only have trivialized yourself. But take it seriously. Show the way for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Great descriptions of what it means to be the sword and the light. Although salt never loses its flavor, we as Christians can lose our effectiveness. Notice that Jesus Christ is not commanding or dictating that we be the salt or the light. Jesus is telling us his followers that we are the salt, we are the light. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6, this describes a vocation of Israel. Listen to the word. The Lord, I the Lord have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. I'm going to use you to show the Gentiles and others who I am, how I think, what I believe. You, Israel, you're called to be the light. Wow. And yet, as we listen to the text in Isaiah chapter 58, what we discover is that the Israelites lost sight of what it meant to be a light. To those who did not know God. What we read in Isaiah chapter 58 is that the Israelites began to lean to their own understanding as to how they were to please God. And yet the reality is this. They were not really concerned about pleasing God. They were concerned about doing their own thing. Look at Isaiah chapter 58. Look at what God says To them, turn to page 1152 in your pew Bible. This nation that was supposed to be the light to the world, this nation that was supposed to point people to God, God says, in essence, Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. Lip service, lip service. As if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions. They seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say. We've gone through the motions and you have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed, God? Don't you see how religious we are? Why aren't you pleased? Why aren't you paying attention to us? Yet, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. And then looking at verse 6, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? I want to see actions, not just lip service. I want the lip service to be based on what's in the heart, God says. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then, when you start carrying out justice, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Yes, yes, God had called Israel to be the light, the people that would show the nations around them, the Gentiles, who God really is, the nature and the character of God. And yet, what we see in Isaiah was that they were so busy carrying out their own agenda that when they prayed, it was just lip service because their hearts were elsewhere. Their hearts were focusing on how can I be more unjust? How can I oppress even more so? The worker. Jesus says in this text, you are the sod. You are the light. And let me just say this to you, beloved Evangel High Church family and friends, we have to be careful about people who say they are preaching God's word, and yet the words that come out of their mouths are words of such division, of words of such hatred, words of such ungodliness that they cannot be proclaimers of God's word. Who are you listening to? How do their words line up with the character and nature of God as revealed through Jesus Christ? In Isaiah... In the gospel lesson, God reminds us that God is a God of justice. Don't let anyone ever tell you that social justice is just a political term. No, it's biblical. God has always been concerned about the least, the last, and those who have been mistreated. And we too must also be concerned about them. And not only that, but I know that as I read Isaiah, God talks about actions that we can take. I would suggest to you in the 21st century, not only are we to be concerned about those who are naked, we need to begin to ask some hard questions. Why is it that they are naked? Why is it that they are not able to make a decent wage so that they can clothe themselves or feed themselves? We have to begin to ask some hard questions. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that there are are members of this congregation who will be joining me on next Saturday going to Indianapolis for the rally for care. I don't need you to raise your hands. I know that there are people in this sanctuary, including your pastor, who has had loved ones who have had challenges regarding mental illness. There are people in this congregation who know of individuals who struggle with substance abuse. Now, for those of you who don't know, I will share with you that right now there's only one answer. For someone who is facing a mental health crisis, someone who is struggling with substance abuse, when things get out of hand, there's only one response right now, and that is to call the police. And when the police are called, generally that person ends up in jail. That's not the place for someone who has a mental illness. And I will just share this with you. If you've not had to encounter the trauma of a loved one experiencing mental illness, thank God. For those of you who have, you know how important it is that when the person with the mental illness has a crisis, it's important to be able to dial a number and hear a voice on the other end that will be able to talk you through the process that you need to follow. You know how important it is for someone to come to where you are who's been trained in the area of mental illness intervention and substance abuse intervention and determine where that person needs to be next. For those of you who have had the experience of dealing with someone who has had a mental illness crisis or a substance abuse crisis, you understand the importance of having an alternative place to go, not to jail but to a place where that loved one, that neighbor, that friend, that parishioner can receive assistance. So that's why I'm traveling to Indianapolis along with others from this congregation and other members of faith communities because we want elected officials to know we're concerned, we care. We don't keep our eyes closed. We don't turn away from that that is traumatic or problematic. No, no, we look at it because we are the salt. We are the light. We're called to advance God's kingdom here on earth, and wherever there are barriers to God's kingdom from being advanced, we're going to show up. We're going to show up. So we're thankful. We're thankful for Senate Bill 1. But we know that Senate Bill 1 that allows for for the crisis response system is not enough. We need funding. We need funding. So for those of you who know of someone who has a loved one who has a a mental illness challenge, for those of you who know of someone whose loved one has experienced substance abuse, Go to them in an humble way and just ask them, what is it like for you? What is it like for you to deal with your loved one when there is a crisis? And then listen, listen. So in this text, in this text, Jesus Christ, again, is not telling us what you will be. No, he tells us who we are. We are the light, we are the sought. So how are we to let our light shine? It's in the text. I've alluded to it by doing good works. Good works of love, good works of mercy, and good works of justice. Now, we're mindful that we don't do these works in order to receive approval from God. No, 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 no. No, we do these works because we've already been approved by God through accepting Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. We, we do these works as a result of being a part of God's kingdom. That's why we do the works. Finally, Jesus warns us in verses 17 through 20 that, that we're called to, <clears throat> to fulfill the law and the prophets. And what that means, I'm going to just narrow it down in very simple terms. What it means is that we are to love God, love and respect our neighbor. And our neighbor is not necessarily the one who lives in the same zip code as we do. The Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 pointed that out. No, our neighbor is the one who we come across and we discover that they have a need. Our neighbor really is one who may not look like us, talk like us, or even live near us. To fulfill the law and the prophets means that we will love God and love and respect our neighbor in our everyday living. The question, Evangel Heights Church family and friends, is not, will you be the salt or will you be the light? No, you are the salt you are the light. And when I see you, I see hope. So how will we show up in those dark places where God's light is needed? Dark places demonstrated by words that are spoken, inhumane actions that are carried out against other human beings. How will we show up in those dark places where there are systems and structures that dehumanize individuals How will we show up in those places where there is hatred? Yes, you are. One commentator stated, we are the representatives of the faith whether we want to be or not. (laughs) So we might as well be good ones. We are the manifestation of Christ in the world today whether we claim it or not. Why not live as Christ, as though Christ lives in us? I recognize that we long to be safe. I recognize that we just want to be in that safe place where we don't have to be concerned about all that's going on around us. But the gospel lesson reminds us that wherever there is darkness, we're to show up. (laughs) Wherever there is a need to reveal the true nature and character of God as revealed through Jesus Christ, we are to speak up and speak out. So yes, we, we, May want to be safe, but Jesus Christ has never called his disciples to be safe or to play it safe. No, he has called us, you. He's called me to make a difference in the world. And so that means you and I are to go. Now I have some good news for you. See, here's the good news. The good news is that we don't go alone. Jesus Christ who beckons us to go to those places where there is darkness, to go to those places where there is ineffectiveness. He beckons us to go and to know that he goes with us. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do all that Jesus Christ is calling us to do and to be. And so today, as we acknowledge the fact that you are the salt. You are the light. I am the salt. I am the light. And wherever I am led to go to make a difference, I have the assurance of knowing that I do not go alone. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Lord God, for this word today, and we thank you for reminding us that you have not called us, regardless of our age, to be comfortable Christians. You haven't. You've called us to be who we have been created to be, salt and light. So give us the courage today, give us the courage today to show up where there is a need for, dark, for light and where there is a need for saltiness. Help us to show up where there is a need for God-flavoring to be experienced. And we thank you that the Holy Spirit who dwells within every disciple will give us the courage and the power to do what you're calling us to do. Amen.